With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, what is up? What is good? How you living? How you doing? Uh, it is Lefko in New York City and Sims in Orlando for the NFL owners meeting. And I just saw him on set with his best friend, Kyle Shanahan. Sims, how's the weather in Orlando, homie? Oh, it's good. How did you see that already? I mean, I literally just did that. Where did you see that? I saw it on Twitter, Sims. There's these things called the internet that uh, you can really oh. see everything. So interesting. Sounds interesting. Maybe one day I'll work for one of those internet companies. Internet companies. Also, at the end of this podcast, we are going to be having Jerry Ferrara, a.k.a. Turtle from Entourage. He's doing a lot. And I just want everyone to know that I've gotten my new T-shirt. I'm the Stugats now. Whoever made this from the Lebetard fan base, I am going to put a fight between Jerry Ferrara and Stugats, and we're going to see who the real Stugats is. Sim, so uh, you go down there, and then Odell Beckham news explodes. Is that the number one topic you're hearing down there? Uh, I would say so. It's certainly the number. Yes, it is. There's no doubt about that. I mean, between that and some of the pass interference rule changes and things of that nature, those are the main conversations. Here. Yeah. But I do think the Odell Beckham Jr. thing, Lefko, has got a lot of people's attention. So let and, me tell you what. Let me bring everyone yeah. up to speed, and then I'll tell you the stuff that's been happening. Uh, it came out a few days ago. Uh, owner Mara said, quote, I'm tired of answering questions about Odell's behavior. He knows what is expected of him, and now it's up to him. Uh, then after the JPP trade, Mara said that no one is untouchable, uh, which made everyone went, wow, even Odell. Okay. Ian Rappaport of NFL Media came out on Monday morning and said that Beckham is not expected to, quote, set foot on a field without a contract extension. And then I just got the BR app alert. Again, subscribe to the BR app that says the Giants are open to dealing Odell Beckham for at least deals that include at least a first round pick. Um one, we got a lot of tweets this morning. People are saying, yes, it's finally happening. Odell's going to hold out. But I'm curious, as all of this information comes out now, Sims, where are you with the Giants-Odell relationship? Because our camera guy, Gabe, is, is very distraught right now, the Giants fan. Yeah, well, he should be distraught. I'm distraught. I'm a Giants fan, too. I mean, you know that. I mean, my dad played for the Giants for 15 years, so they're not my you know, diehard uh, team that I root for every week because I have other relationships. But um, I, to me, there's so many different angles to talk about here with this situation. I think the first thing is, um, hey, I'm glad Odell Beckham Jr. said he drew a line in the sand. I'm yep. not going to play. I'm not going to do it unless I'm compensated fairly. I mean, if last year didn't teach you that lesson, then what does, <sighs> right? I mean, he, he broke his leg. It's probably going to be used against him in negotiations this year. Right. Uh, and they're going to go, well, we're not sure. We haven't seen if you're back to full speed. So that, 
alone tells me, yes, good for Odell Beckham Jr. He knows his value. He's going to play the owner's game. Now, the other thing is that the first thing I thought is maybe this was the New York Giants way of scaring Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe this is their way of going, you know, I think if we maybe, you know, threaten to trade him and take him out of the New York City area and the New York City limelight, maybe he will fall in line a little bit better. I'm sure, Lefko, they're sick of talking about him. I get that. I understand that. But part of the reason they talk about him so much, too, is some of their own doing. Are they going to take some responsibility for, for what? Not paying the best player in the sport? You right. Know, if they would have paid him, year? if they would have paid him, none of this would be happening. Right. Or if they would have paid him last year too, they wouldn't be have to be worrying about paying him twenty million dollars a year. They probably could have made it, you know, seventeen a year, right. know, eighteen a year, something in that range. So, uh, listen, I get both sides, but I say this: Odell Beckham Jr. is arguably the best offensive player in the sport, other than some of the quarterbacks that are out there. He is a game changer. We saw that from two years ago when the Giants uh, got to the playoffs. He was a game changer last year, even though he got hurt. Every single game he was catching touchdowns. Right, and let's not forget that he almost lost his knee in the Cleveland game, right? The preseason game to go along with the broken ankle. So, again, the risk is tremendous. And I would say the risk is tremendous for the Giants, too, because they, you know, hey, listen, the Giants got to realize that this can be in 10 years people are going to look back at this and go, Damn, you guys traded away the Jerry Rice of your generation. You traded away one of the greatest players in the history of the sport at a position that is of prime value. And I can promise you, there's going to be plenty of teams. I have had coaches already come up to me today. Really? Asking about Odell, but yes. What are they asking you? Oh, well, do you know anything about Odell Beckham Jr.? Has any of the players on the Giants told you anything about him? You know, what's your thoughts on him? What have you heard about him? So, you know, if the Giants are going to dangle this out there, I can promise you there's going to be teams that are called them with an offer here within the next 24 hours. I don't know many, how many players would fetch more attention than Odell on the open market. I mean, this is, the, in my mind, the most marketable player in the NFL. It's the largest shoe contract ever given to an NFL player. He is internationally known. We should have known this was coming when Gettleman came to the Giants. The, the Gettleman that cut Steve Smith, the Gettleman that traded Josh Norman, large personalities and the Gettleman and the Giant way seem to clash a lot. I have a question yeah, yeah. For, for Mr. Mara. Right. Mr. Mara says, I'm tired of answering questions about Odell's behavior. If we were to take the three-second video that came out recently where there was some mysterious subjects uh, and, and, and materials in there, what else has Odell really done to question? Yes. He celebrated right. by doing a dog pee in the end zone. He was on a right. boat party uh, that he didn't really organize, and there was a more veteran-wide receiver on the team in Victor Cruz, who if you're going to place blame on anybody, it's probably the guy that's been there the longest. He hasn't done right. any off-the-field issues. I don't understand. Where, is the New York media at all at fault for this? Because they're the ones that are constantly asking him these questions. The, the, his said, he said, I'm tired of answering questions about Odell's behavior. It sounds like he's tired of being asked the questions, and that's leading to him being tired of Odell. Yeah, I, I do. I think some of the just the overall attention, the superstar magnitude that just surrounds Odell Beckham Jr., I'm sure it does weigh on the owners. Listen, I understand the Mara family and what they want. You understand them more than most. 
I, I, I would think so, yes. And they're a traditional Irish Catholic family. That so then why can't they see that this guy is generational? I, I need to explain this before you answer that question. Yeah, you said sure. that Jerry Rice comment, and people are going to be like, oh, he's not that good. I'm still shocked when people don't think Odell's the best receiver in the NFL. I want to read some right. things to cement why we feel that Odell is the best wide receiver in the NFL. We might have to make oh, that do. an amendment, by the way. Number one, he's the fastest wide receiver in NFL history to 300 catches. He's the only player in NFL history with 200 catches in his first 30 games. He's the first player in 51 years with 30 receiving touchdowns in his first 35 games. He's in the last 53 years, he has more receiving yards through his first 35 games than anyone has had in their first 40 games. He's the only receiver with 3,000 receiving receiving yards or more in his first 30 games. The pace that he is going at is Jerry Rice. These statistics and his saying what Sim said is not hyperbole. That's how good Odell is. And if you trade him because you don't like that he's becoming too much of a distraction, you need to know what you're giving up. This is not a top five, top ten. This is a top two when he's not two, and he's on one, and it's Odell. Right. I hey, Listen, I'm glad you brought up those stats because I try to say that all the time, too. Like, just go look up the stats. I mean, this is a guy that's breaking records it's every wild. time he's on the field. It, it is. It's wild. And I'll even further it. But, you know, listen, Jerry Rice, he's the man. But I'm just telling you, Jerry Rice, I was alive. I watched Jerry Rice. I saw him play against my dad in playoff games as I was growing up. He was not as good as Odell Beckham Jr. at this point of his career. I'm just – there's truly, there's no other way around it. And I'll say this, too. You know, here's a guy that's capable of carrying an offense like we've talked about so many times. I mean, here we were two years ago. They couldn't even put points on the board unless he made a big play. I mean, it was, oh, let's think about the Cowboys Sunday night game. I got a stat for you. I got a stat for you. You want to know Eli? This is Eli with Odell and without Odell. This is compliments of Bill Barnwell. With Odell, he's got a quarterback rating of 91.5, and his touchdown to interception is 66 to 29. Without Odell, Eli's Manning's quarterback rating is 75, and his touchdown to interception ratio is 14 to 14. Man. Like, come on. Yes, like, come on, that says it all. And I'll even further that, too, to say this. I mean, my friends, the people I know around the NFL, I mean, I think a lot of them sit there and just go, well, man, imagine if he had an offense that actually knew how to use them. I mean, it was the crappiest offense in the sport. Let's not forget about this. They lined them up in one spot, and it was, oh, he's double-covered? Well, we still might throw it to him. Oh, he's single-covered? Well, we'll definitely throw it to him. So I think those are things that everybody has to take into account, too. And Eli Manning certainly Super Bowl-winning quarterback, but not in the conversation for one of the 20 best quarterbacks in the sport anymore. No. So you add that along with the fact of the crappy offense, what would he even be capable of doing in some of the other creative offenses in the sport? I think that's what people have to ask them. And I think, what, in my opinion at least, it would be earth-shattering. I mean, game-changer. He could be, of course, not only statistically one of the best receivers ever, but really like separate himself from the rest of the pack. Here is the Lefko plan if I was running public relations and marketing for Odell Beckham Jr. Here's what I'm doing. Number one, the Giants have already made moves in which it seems like they want to win right now. They go out and they get a new left tackle and solder. They make the trade for Ogletree. They've kind of made comments that they think they're going to go for it. By keeping Eli, they're going for it. They can't win at all unless you're there, Odell. So we're just going to stay silent. 
That's the first thing. We're not even responding yeah. to any of this. Second thing we're going to do is something that Lefko likes to call the Instagram push. Once a week, Odell, we're going to put out video of you training on Instagram. Because if I know anything, it's when people see video of people training, they go, man, that guy's really working hard. Remember when D'Angelo exactly. Russell got traded to the Nets and he put out that video right. of him working out at 3 in the morning? And people were like, oh, man, he's grinding. Odell. One a week, remind them that you care. And the last thing is I would just keep using the phrase, the ball's in their court, because it is. Odell has already stated what he's going to do. I am going to sit out. Odell, do the Zeke. Go to like Bora Bora and just train, because don't even come back until they make you an offer. Odell is done. Like, the Giants are only going to be talking themselves into a corner if Odell plays this right, as he should. He just witnessed his best friend, one of his best friends, Jarvis Landry, last preseason, do exactly what the team wanted. He didn't hold out. He came to every preseason training camp practice. He was involved in the team. He was involved in the in the franchise. And what did they do? They franchised him, and then they traded him like he was worth nothing. And they even talked yeah. bad about him on the way out the door. So if I'm Odell, right. I just got hurt last year, so I know to hold out. I just watched my friend go through this. I'm not going to do this. And now the Giants are saying they're willing to trade you. My man Odell, chill out. Don't do anything and wait for that phone call. That's my advice for him right now. Yeah, well, I think that's a good good advice. That's all he can do. And, and don't just chill out. He's got to, like you said, he's got to work hard. And I think that's of course. other good things that we have to like continue to. I think show people it's our duty as the Sims and Left Go podcast, the players, players podcast. podcast. Yeah, to point out that again. Okay, I know Odell Beckham Jr. is not perfect. I understand that, and I do wish that some of these antics that he's pulled off. You know, hey, I could have gone without him peeing in the end zone in Philadelphia. That was not needed. Uh, certainly could have gone without this vi- the video that went viral, you know, over in Paris, France. If he does want to be that superstar LeBron James, face of the NFL type guy, he can't do that kind of stuff. So I will say that. That would be my one piece of advice for the Odell. But let's not forget, this is anybody I know in the NFL that's been around this guy, Odell Beckham Jr. He and everybody has the same common message. He works hard, he practices hard, and he wants to be one of the greats of all time, mm. not just like some good player that just was had a flash moment. So I've had multiple people tell me that, and I think really his results speak for themselves. What does Brandon Marshall say about Odell? You know, that's one of the persons I'm referring to. Exactly right. I mean, you know, yes, he would be, at, he would be you know, public supporter number one to really? be a guy that many a time has assured me that, no, this guy... Yes, he might be temperamental a little bit because he wants to win, but there's no meanness or malice to this guy. It's not like he's getting in legal trouble. Let's just remember that. The worst thing he's ever done is propose and got a kicking net pregnant, okay? I mean, that's about as bad as he got. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's insane. Like, T.O. went through this, too. It's like T.O. did nothing off the field. People just thought he was too cocky and arrogant, and I don't understand how that impacts it. And everyone says that Odell's a much better teammate than Terrell Owens was. Would you trade, if you're the Giants, Odell to Cleveland for the fourth pick and the 33rd pick so that the Giants would have 2, 4, 33, and I, I don't know what the, like, Ooh. 34. So you have like the t- like two of the, in the top five in the first round. Yeah. Uh, I, you would? I would, I, would, I would consider it. Because then you would. could take I, Saquon and a quarterback exactly. maybe. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, that would be that would be a steep steep price for sure. Uh, if you asked me, if you if you gave me that, yes, I would even for Odell Beckham Jr., who I think is one of the most talented guys I've ever seen in my life. Wow, I would consider that because you know th- those are the type of picks at first and four, and if you really know that there's players there that you like in those positions this right. year, you know they can just set up your organization for the next ten to twelve years. Uh, along with, you know, you, you might knock it out of the park with those two high picks in the second round as well. Sims, so how do you, consider. when when someone says to you, yeah, but you don't want to allocate that much money to a diva receiver, how do you respond to that? Well, I mean, so, oh, okay, I, I, I don't even have a response to that. I, I don't I don't know. Really, all superstars in the NFL are pretty much divas to a degree. I don't think people realize that. Receivers are a tough personality to deal with. Yes, we know that. But I don't know. Pittsburgh seems to be doing okay with Antonio Brown, don't they? I mean, he's damn, on, he was doing Facebook Live in the locker room. I, I would argue that, that, that Odell Beckham Jr. has never done anything that bad. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. didn't throw the huge Gatorade bottle all over the sideline. This in a temper season, tantrum. Like Antonio Brown did in the Baltimore Ravens game, right? But see, it's just again, it's not a sexy enough subject. What was your question? What the hell was I answering? No, you answered that. And then the other thing that I was saying was um, just about the trading. Oh, I know that. But uh, I guess what I was going to say, like when people say about the diva thing. Oh, oh yeah, allocating that. that much money to a wide receiver. Okay. Uh, you know, again, uh, I don't have an issue with it. And, and, and if a guy like Sammy Watkins, who can get paid $16.5 million a year and he's not even in the same stratosphere as Odell Beckham Jr., then, listen, we all just have to get to the point where we have to get used to NFL players are finally getting paid big money. And this is one of the best players in the sport, one of the most notor- uh, has the best notoriety of any of the guys in the sport. He's a game changer. He can win games by himself. And uh, I have no problem paying him $20 million a year. All right. You're down there. They're changing the catch rule. Does it make sense to you? Can you explain to me what it is now? Like, I don't even get it. Yeah, okay. It's, it's, it does make sense. I do think it's going to be easier for everybody to digest the public, everything. I think it's going to make it a little more just back to football roots, okay? And, and let me just say this before we even dive into that. Listen, I think some of the biggest problems last year about the catch rule were not really about the rule. I think it's more about, like, the guy that overturned some of those catches that shouldn't have been overturned. So I do think the NFL has to fix their process a little bit, too. But right now, what they're basically saying with the catch rule is get two feet down and make a football move. And then the third part of it is is a little bit subjective, which is always going to be some part of subjectivity to this rule. And Okay, if he can't take the step, right, and he didn't extend the ball in a football move, would he have had the time to actually do that, right? Let's just think about a receiver who maybe catches the ball. He turns real quickly, like with a, a two-footed like jump turnaround. Right. And he's going, okay, where, where am I going to go? Am I going to make a move this way or am I going to make a move this way? And then he gets tackled and falls to the ground. Like, okay, that was not a football move. He didn't take two steps. He didn't reach the ball out. But he had the ball for like four seconds in his hand securely, and he sat there and then got tackled, so we're going to call that a catch. I think that's the, the easiest way to explain that rule. Uh, I just think it's going to take the going-to-the-ground part of the conversation out of this, and I think that's what a lot of people uh, are going to enjoy about it. The surviving of the ground will no longer be a, a problem. Des Bryant catch would be a catch. Calvin Johnson catch would be a catch. Jesse Good. James touchdown would be a catch. Wow. Man, those fan bases, I would be so pissed that it's changing. But, it, it, uh, it, man. 
Uh, yep. So I got a chance to meet uh, three possible top ten picks last week. I did a shoot with Old Spice, and it was Roquan Smith, Derwin James, and Quentin Nelson. And that day that we hung out, Quentin Nelson actually had dinner with the Giants uh, last right. week. Uh, but, right. man, Quentin Nelson is a large, large human, man. Like his I shoulders, you, he he's built like one of those fire hydrants where, and I'll say this, Derwin James is a lot bigger than I thought too. Like Derwin James right. is one of those new prototype, long-armed, long, long-legged, yes. like Seattle safety corner guys. And Roquan right. is like, if you looked in the dictionary of like what a middle linebacker looks like, he's just like the prototype. Like everything yeah. is symmetrical, but... Man, that uh, Quentin Nelson, it was cool, man. They were like asking me, they're like, where do you think I'm going to go? Like, blah, 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 blah. And I realized, I told them, I said, you guys are lucky. Like, all the cities in the top 10 are cool cities. Like, if you end up in a Chicago or a Denver or a New York, like, yeah. you're, that's a dope city. Like, the worst one is Tampa. And Tampa's not right. that bad of a city, but the, they're probably all going to go in the top 10 or San Francisco. I, I mean, yeah, yes, you're, I mean, you're right about that. They're all good cities. They're all going to be definitely in that top 10 range. Quentin Nelson, hey, uh, let's go. I'll go back to the story that I think you've heard me say before. But, you know, when I started getting this, like, Notre Dame pregame halftime show with NBC Sports, uh, of course, you know, I had to catch up on the team of Notre Dame. And I turned on the film, and I was like, man, who is this left guard that they just keep – opening up huge holes and gashing people by. And one of the first interviews I did about Notre Dame and NBC, they asked me about the, the linemen and, of course, about Mike McGlinchey. And Mike McGlinchey, is a, he's a borderline end-of-the-first-round type pick, maybe, right. maybe somewhere between 20 and 40, I would say. But I came out, and I was like, man, this Quentin Nelson's the guy I'm really impressed with. He's like a top 10, top 15 pick. And people are like, what? How can he be? He's a guard, blah, blah, blah. But – I mean, you said it. He is built like a, a square piece of iron. He, he is. is. As good a run blocker you're going to see ever come out in college football. He's a better pure guard than Zach Martin, who most people would say Zach Martin is the best guard in the NFL right now. Yeah. Well, he's a, yeah, he's a better pure guard coming out of college than Zach Martin was. I don't know if his speed are quite as quick to play left tackle, but as a pure guard, he is a better prospect. Big picture, I think it's interesting to watch all the big guard contracts from Norwell to Pew to Richburg, and then to realize that we used to have guys switching from guard to tackle because they wanted bigger deals, but now they can stay at guard and still get paid in the NFL. It wasn't that way yeah. five years ago. No, it was not that way, but I think, you know, this is, again, something you and I have talked about a little bit with all these freakish athletes at the interior defense alignment, you know, whether that's an Aaron Donald, a Fletcher Cox, a Michael Bennett when he moves in there in passing situations, I think teams are seeing the value in having these good interior offensive alignment. These guards that the guards or centers that can you can go, okay, you know what, we know this is a really good defensive tackle, but – this guy can block this guy man-to-man, and yeah. he can handle him and not be overpowered, and now we can block our running play the way we would like to on the chalkboard. We can actually do it on the field because we don't have to worry about our left guard getting run over by Fletcher Cox. Sims went back, and for the first time in his evaluation life, he watched yeah. all of the quarterbacks. How many more games for each? Man, I'm up to five games of each, but the wow. best thing is five games of each, not even six games for some of them. Wow. And I got to watch. I've never done this deep of a dive with quarterbacks. Like I said, it's a unique year. You said it. I've never gone back and really had to watch. I didn't have all the tape I wanted available to me the first time around. Uh, But I got to watch 
every third down pass from the year, Whoa. clutch drives, every interception. So all right, I so, seen so it all. He's seen it all. Very confident. I want to do this on Wednesday when you're here in person because I think this is going to be big. I have to explain to everybody, when it comes to certain things in life, especially with sports, you should trust the people that you know know what they're talking about. And I've worked with Sims now for four years, and he's been right about the quarterback pretty much all four years. So there have been some changes to the top five. I am not going to get into it now. Wednesday is going to be locked and loaded. Sims was texting me more than he ever has this weekend, and I could tell that you're excited. I am excited. I'm glad you're waiting until Wednesday, though. That's a good good uh, head coaching call by you because I do want to be there in person with you so we can have the discussion. Yes. I actually want you to I want you to read my notes too because okay. I always you you when you read my notes and read them back to me, sometimes it makes me think a little bit differently than maybe what I thought about reading them or or you find a certain point that maybe I forgot to talk about that you'll see in my notes that. I go, oh, man, yes, that's great. I'm glad you brought that up. So I'm glad we're doing it uh, in person. All right, so we're about to call Jerry Ferrara. Do you have a question that you want me to ask him? Gosh, I'm so mad I'm going to miss Turtle, man, because I I Well, he's not here. Yeah, okay. I I think he's a pretty big, like, New York sportsman, too. So, you know, I just wanted to – I really just wanted to talk about how great New York sports is and how shitty Philadelphia sports is and just kind of rub that in on you the whole time. All right, so I love Entourage, how great <laughs> New York is, fuck Philly. All right, cool. Uh, how much longer are you there for? I'm here I'm here till tomorrow afternoon. All right, cool. I'm about to go fly no, to San Antonio. It's great. Dude, it's been great seeing coaches. I got yeah, how is Kyle? Out of my old friends. Kyle was great. I mean, I got, you know, of course, got to see Coach John Gruden again. We talked. We had some good conversations about what he's going to do with his offense this year. All right. Write uh, so all of this down because I want all of it Wednesday. Yes. I mean, I was a little scared when I walked by Jim Caldwell and Tom Coughlin. I thought for sure they were going to, like, motherfuck me or say something about how dare you talk about Blake Bortles. <laughs> oh, my. But oh, the GM, yeah. I made it. I made it. So, yep. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's cool, though. It's great to be down here. All right, awesome. Go have fun. Uh, I'm going to go talk to Turtle, and I'll see you all Wednesday, pal. All right, peace out, homies. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see you Wednesday. Uh, have a good show. You know, don't fuck this interview up, man. Come on. Thank you. Four Sims. Peace out, homies. Perfect. All right. Uh, Josh, you're back there. You want to holler at Jerry Ferrara. So here's what uh, people don't know. Uh, I'm going to give Jerry options of topics to answer questions. Um, we're going to flip this. And then also, one of the options is me and him teaming up on Stugatz. Very excited. Very excited. So let's see if we can get him on here. What's he promoting, Josh? Anything? Oh, it's in my email. All right, we're ready. All right, cool. What's up, Jerry? How are you, man? Adam Lefko, Bleacher Report, dude. How's it going, Adam? Uh, Excited to talk to you today. Are you really? I don't know if you are. Are you really that excited? Perfect. Because here's what we're doing, Jerry. We are flipping the interview. I'm going to give you a few topics to choose between so you select which question we get to. Now, here's the thing. I have a few categories. I have four categories, but we can only get to three. So one of the categories you're not going to pick. Is that cool? Yeah, that sounds good to me. This has turned into like Jeopardy. I like it. It is. First thing I want to do is the reason that Jerry's with us is the Pringles versus Cheez It Crunch Classic Celebrity Basketball Game. So I do, before we get to the questions, Jerry, do you have game? Who is your pro player comparison and what should we expect from that event? 
Okay, I do have game, or at least I should say I definitely used to have game. I ah. am getting up there. And I'm an aging veteran now who can come <laughs> off the bench and get you buckets. I've turned into uh, – I got my old game working, so the mid-range game is tight. Uh, I don't really drive anymore out of fear of getting hurt. <laughs> and I think what you can expect from me in this game is I, I, everyone shoots threes. That's what's in vogue right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find my spots on the three-point line. I'm looking at the rosters and getting coached by Magic Johnson, so I wow. really cannot complain. I can't blame anything on my coach. No. And then I, the big question mark is going to be the lucky contestants that have won the challenge that get to play with us. I want to get them the ball early and find out what we're going to get out of them right away, out of the gate. You sound like a young Bobby Jackson, like a six-man that comes out there, microwave score, heats it up real quick, sets the tone. I like that. Well, as far as the comp, I mean, I, I like to think I am a uh, poor man's Chris Paul. Like, I, I, I'm not saying I could do the things Chris Paul does, but I would like to model my game after his. That's why out of watching nowadays. I like it. All right, so that again is going to be on March 31st, Pringles versus Cheese at Crunch Classic Celebrity Basketball Game. All right, here are your four topics that you get to choose from. One, philosophy. Two, sports. Three, entourage. And the fourth topic is Stugatz question your relevancy as a sports radio guest, and I would like to team up with you as the new Stugatz to take him down. So those are your four topics. So I gotta leave one out. Yes. Yeah, so well, let's just do one at a time. Which one do you want to do first? Entourage, philosophy, sports, or Stugatz? Question your relevancy as a sports radio guest, and I would like to team up with you as the new Stugatz to take him down. Let's let's go right out of the gate with sports. Let's knock out sports right away. Sports. We're now doing sports with Jerry Ferrar. Jerry, the question is: If you were the Giants, what would you do with Odell Beckham Jr.? Uh, absolutely nothing. I want him on the team. Uh, I, I think he's going to bounce back really strong from the injuries last year, and hopefully the team in general will bounce back from the three-win season. So I would do nothing. I want Odell Beckham Jr. on. I want him on the Giants. So I really would not do anything with him other than just. Do you hear he's on the trade block? Get him healthy. They're all open. I heard, I've been watching it all morning. I know. Anxiety, just hoping that that I, I, I just don't. I don't. I don't want that. Follow-up question, as a Giants fan, is it hard to wrestle with the fact that you guys do it, quote, a certain way, and that way could prevent you from having maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL on your team? I mean, yes and no. Uh, I, I, I really don't. It's hard to get mad at the Giants. They've given me so much joy in the last 10 mm. years. It really is hard to say I don't like the way they do things, but... On the other side of things, yeah, like I said, there's there's certain players that you just like. I, I just don't understand why they would even shop them around at this point. To be honest, it does not. I get it. You're coming off a three and thirteen season. Maybe everyone's on the block. I think right. that's what was said, but uh, you can't. Can you really say that? Is everyone on the block? I mean, I don't know. I agree. Sims, by the way, is in Orlando at the uh, owners' meetings. He wanted to say that he loves that you're a big New York fan, and I'm a Philly fan, and he wanted to team up with you against me to shit on Philadelphia, but he's not here, so that Super Bowl was amazing. Yeah, you listen, I, uh, there's a part of me that liked enjoying that. I was the only team that beat Tom Brady. I know, I know. You guys had a stellar, a stellar season, stellar season. 
And your defense won me my fantasy league, so I can't be mad at the, the Eagles. Well, then you're welcome. By the way, also check out Jerry. He has the Bad for Business podcast. It's really awesome. Just consume all the stuff that he does. All right, now, three more topics. We only get to two. Either question about entourage, philosophy, or Stugatz question your relevancy as a sports radio guest, and I would like to team up as the new Stugatz to take him down. Let's go. Let's go entourage. Entourage. I know we have uh, the producer. His name is Mother Hen, a.k.a. Josh Fendrick, is the biggest entourage fan in the world. I said, hey, what questions should I ask? He gave me eight and then settled on. I need to know what it was like working with Gronk on set. So do you have any good Gronk stories from that episode? Uh, I do. Uh, it was it was amazing. I believe, if memory serves me correct, this was a few years ago. So I think he came, did his stuff. He shot his cameo. The guy was on crutches in the cameo in the movie. And then I right. believe he came back like the next in the movie. Yeah, I believe he came back the next day, although he wasn't working and just kind of hung out. And Edelman was there. And the coolest thing I remember is we were having this scene where Russell Wilson was actually throwing us the ball on the beach. We were like messing around. And then when Gronk came over, you almost saw, and this was actually right before the Seahawks and the Patriots played. It was, it was prior to that. You could almost see Russell Wilson looking at Gronk just like, man, I'd love to have one of those on the squad. <laughs> like there was like this admiration of a quarterback looking at Gronk to say, my, like how does anyone cover you? Because no one really does very well. Gronk is one of the largest human beings I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I mean, there's a picture of me, him, and Edelman, and obviously I'm the smallest guy in the photo, but, like, even, like, you look at a guy like Edelman is not a big receiver. No. Uh, it's just the difference. It's just as a whole other, it's just a whole other human. All right, Jerry, that leaves us to one more question. We're either going philosophy or Stugatz question your relevancy as a sports radio guest, and I would like to team up as the new Stugatz to take him down. Which one will you pick? Well, Adam, this is what I'm going to say. First off, you are really good at what you do because if I pick the Stu Gott thing and I go away from philosophy, I feel like we're going to address it, and that's good. And then if I pick philosophy, then it's almost like I'm ducking the question. So, job well done. Let's talk about Stu Gott. Yes. Yes. By the way, the philosophy question was what happens when we die? So, it was going to be tricky no matter what, Jerry. <laughs> so, here's what Stu Gott said about you last week. And let me tell you, I've been waiting for him him to misstep and it's time jerry here's what stugatz said stugatz right before that music played stugatz was railing against jerry ferrera why were you railing against at for no good reason you were railing against jerry ferrera unfair to jerry and i apologize in advance but when are we going to stop trotting him out as a sports radio guest I mean, seriously entourage was over like a decade ago the movie was a complete flop what are we doing with Jerry Ferreira still? Why is he on a Dan Patrick show? So here's what we do, Jerry. I think that you're technically more qualified to talk about sports than Stu Gutz. I think that he's taken a shot at you because he's self-conscious about his actual ability to play sports. I don't see Stu Gutz in a celebrity basketball game sponsored by Cheez-It and Pringles. Not at all. I don't see him with a big-time podcast. No, I see Jerry Ferrara with a big-time podcast. So if you'd like me the new Stugatz and you, I think we take it to the old Stugatz. And I'm just curious, what would you say to that guy who cannot hold a candle to your sports wisdom? Uh, I guess I would say first and foremost, it was pretty random. I don't know. I don't know what fired him up that day. Uh, if you looked at why I was on the show, it was to talk about Fortnite and gaming, which 
Hey. I got a new gig working with the with Nick's Gaming, which is a pretty big deal. A simple Google search would have done him a little bit. I mean, agreed. I don't really feel like I need to defend myself. I've I've been on a TV show for four years, in Entourage, done a couple of movies. I don't know. It just felt like a very random, out of nowhere. I mean, I love their show. I like what they do. So uh, if he wants to talk further, I just maybe we can, maybe we can you know talk to him about some philosophy and see why he just went rogue and just. I mean, the whole beef with Dan Patrick and all that, that stuff was great. So It great was great. Radio. I get it. Yeah, but why did you have to you take know, the shrapnel? Victim of a radio beef. Yeah, you got I caught in the middle. Victim of a radio beef. Man. Yeah. You I know what? absolutely did. I don't and know he, how it happened. And he's the one that shot that shot. And it's hard to go, it's hard to go back heads up at him, you know? They got a pretty large audience with a lot of content to fill five days a week. So, uh... I just, I guess I would just say it was a random radio beef that I got thrown in the middle of. Innocent victim of a radio beef. Man, here you are just being the absolute legend that you are. And we have these peons, these miscreants just heaving pebbles in your direction. Not even boulders, just, you know. Incognitant thoughts just thrown your way. I'm not going to stand for it. Nope. That's because the new Stu Gatz and Jerry Ferrara are teaming up. Jerry, just quick question. What does happen when we die? Uh, I, <laughs> that is a very, very good question. Uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a Google search on that. As Perfect. Well to find out the answer to that and what else I've been doing for the last four years. Surprise, surprise. Jerry can do another thing that Stu Gatz can't. A Google search. Jerry, I appreciate your time, my man. Keep kicking ass. Thanks a lot, Adam. Appreciate it. All right, have a good one, brother. All right, man. And that is how the new Stugats came to be. Josh, was that okay? Great. Super happy. Guys, thank you as always. Love you so much. Sims will be back on Wednesday. We are going to be doing all of the quarterbacks and his new rankings, and I'm telling you that they have changed. Not drastic, crazy changes, but there's someone from the bottom that's coming near the top, and it's going to get wild. Sims' quarterback rankings on Wednesday. want to give a special shout-out to Jerry Ferrar for doing that, and Stu Gatz. Just know that I'm here. And I'm coming for you. Sims and Lefko for Sims. Shout out, homies. Fendrick, good evening. The L-E-F-K-O-E man says good night. Thanks for subscribing to the BR channel on YouTube. Thank you so much. Love you. And we'll holler at you guys on Wednesday.